We are still in high heaven. Is that what you say about the big basketball win yesterday? And also, what are we supposed to be doing? Who are we supposed to be rooting for in these NFL uh, last games? And what does it mean for Alabama? Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Oh, slow today. I over-celebrated the, the win over Kentucky, big time. So, oh, slowest I've been on a Sunday in a good long time. Let me ask you this. First of all, thanks, everybody, for making this your first listen. We appreciate you guys a ton. Um, this podcast is really taking off. And also want to thank LinkedIn for being the title sponsor today. Jimmy, let me ask this. Uh, let's talk about the basketball game uh, from yesterday and the SEC in general here for a second. So the, you were there, mm-hmm. but I'm telling you from a TV perspective, um, I was getting angry at the crowd. Now, this is sad, mm-hmm. stupid because I wasn't there. So, I mean, I, I could fix that by being there. So I understand the hypocrisy here, okay? But every time – I get so tired of our team doing some exciting stuff and we have the same shots in the crowd of 50 year old, of which I am one to 65 year old men and women with their legs crossed and their arms crossed. Brandon Miller has a breakaway dunk on a beautiful pass from Rylan Griffin. And we do a lot of this. We do a lot of golf clapping. We need a, a better way to exhibit our excitement. Um, rather than, hey, you just had a nice chip shot at Augusta. Um, I, maybe being there, maybe you were being there, you you thought it differently. Um, maybe we need to do something different with the student section. But you could have, and I'm not trying to take shots at people who were there like on the front row or anything, but I guess I'm taking a shot at people who were there on the front row. Like all of them were, would have had the same silhouette, full body silhouette. Like legs crossed, arms crossed, you know, nodding when we do something good, shaking their head when they do something bad. The, the, it just felt like um, it, it. we just need more youthful exuberance at the game. <laughs> and again, man, I, I love this team deserves it. This team is awesome. This team's really good. So let's let's stand up a little more. I know that most of the time it's, hey, get in your seat kind of crowd for Alabama I understand that but for for this year can we can we all stand up a little more (laughs) uh a couple things uh it was a it was not I would agree that it wasn't it was a really big crowd that there were empty seats but not many and they were sort of spread out I I mean you had to kind of hunt for them so it was a big big crowd you could just tell from the parking and 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 just walking around outside coleman i mean it it was packed uh i wouldn't say the crowd was rowdy but i think part of that is because the game wasn't tight um so i think that crowd would have been really loud and would have been a huge home court advantage had it been necessary for people to make a ton of noise because Kentucky was coming back or in the game or whatever. Uh, I think part of the problem in terms of TV, especially 
is the people, the fans that you mostly see on the TV broadcast are those fans that sit down on the court and they aren't wildly cheering. But I wonder if they don't wildly cheer because it's not appropriate to wildly cheer when you're sitting in a, a, a folding chair that's literally on the court. For instance, they're probably not supposed to stand while the ball is in play because that can be very distracting to the players. Um, so I don't know that they can stand and cheer right there. And plus it would really affect everybody's ability to see what's going on in the court. <laughs> you know, uh, so I, I think with them, I understand also those are the people, frankly, that pay for the program. Uh, they pay all the things like for new arenas and NIL money, for instance, <laughs> that we badly need. So I don't really want to criticize them at all. We don't really have a program without them. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think down the road, and this is when we have a new arena and it's 10,000, it is likely to be more of a rowdy place. Uh, Coleman's size, I think, affects how rowdy it is in there. I mean, it is a big place. It's 15,000 and kind of spread away from the court, not on top of it. So uh, I think those are all factors. But I think the biggest factor in terms of why it wasn't crazy like the Cameron crazies yesterday or Saturday was uh was the fact that Alabama had cruised in the second half up by 30 I think at one point okay I mean I'm okay that's fair and and it, it is a very fair thing to say that the guys uh on that front row pay for the for the program man I'm, I'm with them and we need them you know so I mean yeah we thank you guys um I guess okay. Let's let's say that you're right, and they can't stand up. I don't know. I don't know what the rules are, but I'm, some I'm of them might, like, might, might be a rule. Stand up. Um, <laughs> uh, Nick was sitting down there yesterday. Did they talk about that on TV? I'm sure they did. They did a little bit, and I know a lot of people on message boards have alluded to the fact that Nick left three minutes early. So <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but you know, could you at least, I mean, like, have some anxiety on the. I guess it just – it takes away from the atmosphere. The students look – man, I'll, I'll give props to the students. Students this year seem to be really into it. I dig yeah, that. Yeah, and, and a big student section, especially throwing in the fact, Luke, that classes don't even start here till Wednesday. So right. school's not even in. Now, most every student is, is back on campus this weekend. A lot arrived yesterday. And one of the interesting things we'll talk about today that I think is really cool is, you know, all of our early enrollee guys – uh, they are moving in today. They're moving into Bright Dorm, kind of moving day. Uh, thought about driving over there, checking out the scene, but it's moving in day at Bright Dorm. And, uh, you know, and a lot of moved in yesterday, Saturday, some some today, Sunday, and uh, maybe even more uh, before Wednesday. But several of the early enrollees are here, and school will get started up. So I imagine starting next Saturday's game against LSU, uh, the students will be out in full force. That will also be a junior day. For, uh, for for the football program. That'll be nice. That'll be a nice thing. Um, and hopefully have a good crowd for that. LSU isn't bad, even though they did uh, take it on the chin last night against Texas A&M. Just a quick overview of the SEC here for a second. Tennessee wallops South Carolina. South Carolina is just a bad basketball team. Why did they fire Frank Martin? For this. I, I mean, I never understand. It's very frustrating to me. Uh, fans in, in schools do this. I mean, did Frank Martin forget? Didn't he get them to a Final Four just like three years ago? And I know they've had. It's been rough ever since. But it's South Carolina. It's not Duke. 
did Frank Martin wake up and just forget how to be Frank Martin? Uh, I, I just thought that was a that was a crazy firing to me. And if somebody says, yeah, but did you see how bad they were that last year they were there? Well, did Nate Oates look like he was the best coach on the planet Earth last season at Alabama like he does this season? The, the makeup of your team can wildly change now year to year. Yeah, and, um, you know, they they did get Gigi Jackson, who is a, a great player, but they lost by 40 at home yesterday to Tennessee. And that's just – that's just a team that's just mailed it in. They're worse than Georgia was last year, frankly. Um, yeah, I agree. Well, Auburn beats Arkansas. Uh, you could see that coming because Auburn was going to bounce back game. And Arkansas is without a couple of guys. One guy's out for the year. And then Nick Smith may be out for the year. Uh, so who knows? But uh, we got a big game coming up against Arkansas on Wednesday. And uh, you know they're going to be desperate. So that's going to be interesting. Um, like I said, LSU took it on the chin against Texas A&M. A&M's undefeated kind of oddly because they didn't have a great uh, non-conference uh, schedule. Record, yeah, or schedule. I mean, they lost to Wofford, I know. They lost a couple other games. So, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, not a big deal. Uh, Missouri, they went over Vanderbilt. They needed that win. I was just looking ahead on the schedule a little bit. I know you and I said we shouldn't look ahead much, but we do play Vanderbilt twice this year. I think that's a good thing because they're not a very good team. I wish we played South Carolina twice. But, uh, Jimmy, let me go ahead and tell everybody about LinkedIn. LinkedIn, fantastic sponsor. And as a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members that you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. We use them over at Robinson Iron. LinkedIn Jobs is absolutely fantastic. It helps you Quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They'll go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to put you your post in front of the most qualified candidates. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to and helps you find them faster. Post your job free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions may apply so um jimmy we'll move into some nfl stuff here for a second as it relates to alabama one thing you brought up before the show started was right now and again by the time this gets posted and everybody starts listening this will be said and done but as it stands at the moment houston is winning chicago is losing if that were to hold up then Chicago would get the number one pick. Chicago's not going to take a quarterback. They got Justin Fields. He's he's uh, done some nice things. They're going to stay invested in him. But it could mean a different Alabama player goes number one in Will Anderson. Who knows? Or they could opt for Jalen Carter. It would be awful as for this Alabama fan who's dying for a number one pick in my lifetime. Considering all the fantastic players we've had, we hadn't had a number one pick in my lifetime. And um, so it would suck if because the Texans decided, hey, why don't we just go beat the Colts? Um, <laughs> that they don't get to pick uh, Bryce Young. And it would really be a stupid move on the Houston Texans part. I guess it wouldn't be that stupid because they're going to get Bryce Young regardless some, unless somebody were to trade with Chicago. And there's a lot of uh, stuff to happen between Hither and Yon, but um, – I guess Will Anderson could go number one, and that would still count. But there's just something about a quarterback going number one that's so special. 
Yeah, and I think Bryce will go number one. And you know what I was thinking? You know, my, my first thought was, of course, if the Bears are choosing one, and, and maybe they're not by the time people are listening to this, they're like, oh, y'all wasted all that breath. The Texans are picking number one. But as we record this, it looks like the Bears could could have the first pick. One thing that would be interesting to me that I think the Bears should consider doing is staying at number one and trading Justin Fields, who would have really good trade value. How about Justin Fields being traded back to the Falcons? So Justin Fields plays at home. The Falcons get their quarterback of the future. Uh, the Falcons don't have to sit where they are at six or seven in the draft and pick Levis or or, or Anthony Richardson. They get the proven Justin Fields, at least more proven than those guys are. And maybe the Bears pick up the the Falcons' first pick, and then the Falcon then the Bears will be picking first and like sixth, and they could draft. And in my mind, upgrade upgrade from Justin Fields to Bryce and get. An, an extra, you know, the sixth pick in the draft that they could use to take maybe the Northwestern tackle or an outside playmaker uh, that could be a playmaker, you know, for Bryce outside. So maybe maybe that would happen. And, and I think that would be super interesting. Or maybe the Bears are in love with Justin Fields and don't want to part with him. If so, they could trade, uh, just move back to number two uh, and the Texans take Bryce at number one. And now all the Bears have done is move back one spot, draft the same player, whether it's Will or Jalen Carter, that they would have taken at number one and, and pick up like a second or third round pick, you know, from uh, from the Texans. So it, it would still be interesting to me. And I still think Bryce would be the first pick, even if the Bears are picking one. Yeah, I I think that could all that could happen. I mean, and that's what makes um, the NFL draft so much. I mean, the NFL's got this so figured out. And look, I'll tell you something. Um, after all this stuff with DeMar Hamlin this week, which was, you know, just touching and heartwarming in a sense and, and terrifying at the very beginning. Um, I don't know if you saw this Buffalo return, the opening kickoff in their game for a touchdown. Yeah, I was watching live. I was watching live. I was too. And yeah. my, my wife walks downstairs and I said, you're not going to believe this. Mm-hmm. But they returned the opening kickoff. She goes, oh, that was probably set up. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, no, I mean, I understand why some people would think that. I was like, but I choose, even if it is set up. And, like, when I first watched the replay, I was like, it does look like New England didn't try super hard. (laughs) I think that's probably a good summation of New England for the season. I might would buy into it, but the Patriots are in a uh, win and in, lose, and your season's over. Uh, I don't want to be the gopher from the NFL office that calls Bill Belichick on the phone and says – you guys mind giving up the uh, opening kick for a touchdown? I mean, you want to you want to you want to ask Bill to do that? Uh, no, I, I don't believe at all that it's a setup. I think, as you said earlier, Luke, uh, things sort of just magically work out for the NFL. You know, they just sort of magically. Uh, I guess when you're the most powerful sports league on on the planet Earth, and I'm sure we're going to get some tweets going, that's the premier soccer league, you idiot. But uh, I don't live on Earth. I live in the U.S. That's right. That's a good point. And, I mean, you know, premier league maybe, who knows. But I know this. I mean, NFL just does it right all the time. I mean, even when they do it wrong, they get it right. I mean, even when they have deflate gate or spy gate or whatever else gate, 
it dominates the headlines above any and everything so that all you still think about is the NFL. Even when they have a man that has to be resuscitated on the field, it turns out to, I mean, again, we, we are all praying for DeMar Hamlin and, and in the end, in to, to get here was the awful part, but now we are where we are for the NFL and for DeMar Hamlin, by the way. I mean, it's it's going to be a great thing for him in the sense that he's going to be he's going to be remembered forever. I mean his his charities are are benefiting greatly from this. He personally is benefiting from this. It, nobody wants to go through what he went through. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying in the NFL, even when bad things happen, they turn somehow into gold. I don't know how they do it. Uh, I, maybe it's just our unbridled passion for football. But it, it is crazy how the NFL can fall out of a well constantly. It's massive uh, interest. You know, I just saw this weekend or, or last week, Luke, that the most watched college football game, the calendar year of, of 2022, the most watched college football game was Alabama versus Georgia in Indianapolis, the game that Alabama lost in the fourth quarter. Uh, 22 million people, uh, 22 million Americans watched that game, which is a – a massive crowd for college football, 22 million. Uh, but the most watched NFL game was the Super Bowl, and it was watched by 90 million that's people. Insane. So they're that's only like NFL. They're only like 350 million people in the U.S., right? So yeah, it meant like one out of every four people that that reside in the u.s one out of every four watch watches the super bowl which is stunning i mean that that's just stunning i mean you think about the number of people that like can't watch a tv like they just can't watch it they don't have one they don't want one and then you think about the pompous ones that are like tv is for suckers and and idiots and they don't have a tv there's a lot of people that don't like sports. I don't understand them, but there are people that don't like sports. All right, Jimmy. Uh, I need to tell everybody about betonline.net. Betonline.net is where you want to go to get that bet in. It would have been a great day for you to bet on some NFL today because it was hopping, 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 hopping. The NFL has been a lot of fun, um, and BetOnline's got you covered every which way you could want to be covered, and you can cover at betonline.net. It's easy to pay in, even easier to get paid out. BetOnline.net is where the game starts, and you can find that out by visiting BetOnline.net. Check out NFL, NBA, college basketball, college football, whatever you want. They got it at BetOnline.net because you know why? BetOnline.net is where the game starts. All right, Jimmy, um, any other Alabama notes out there for you? Is there any movement? Oh, wait a minute, I, I, I gotta ask you this. This is pretty interesting to me because I, I care mean, whoa, about Well, I'm asking the questions here. I'm asking the questions here. Um <laughs> I'm asking so, questions you haven't even asked. Um number one, is there anything new on Pete Golding or Bill O'Brien? Please say yes. No, no, no. Uh there's nothing, uh there's nothing solid. Uh I have some fun conjecture and I shared it with you uh, earlier today. Just fun conjecture, but uh, you know, I believe Bill O'Brien's gonna leave Alabama and go back to the NFL. That's what I believe is gonna happen. Uh I will say this, I, I was just about one hundred percent sure of that. I've backed off that a little bit to more like ninety percent sure. 
uh, that Bill O'Brien's going to leave Alabama and go back to the NFL. I'm, I'm now back. I've reeled it back, but still 90% certain. But how about uh, Jim Harbaugh is interviewing with the Denver Broncos this week. We know Michigan's about to be put on probation because of something that Harbaugh did, which sounds super silly. But, you know, that, that's all the more reason for Jim to get frustrated with the NCAA and leave. He's interviewing with the Broncos. I think the Broncos are going to end up hiring Sean Payton. But uh, I do think it's highly realistic that Harbaugh could be hired by the Colts, uh, where he was a great player and he's in their ring of honor. And I think he's tight with Ursay. Uh, so Harbaugh to the Colts, I would open up the Michigan job. And I think Bill O'Brien would be uh, a very serious candidate there in Ann Arbor, uh, partly because, uh, you know, his success in the Big Ten at Penn State uh, and, and and all of the Saban assistants' success around around college football. I just think Bill O'Brien sort of a natural candidate there. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not telling y'all this is going to happen. It's just sort of a, like, you know, a bold prediction or just a, a something to watch for. Uh, so nothing there, but here's something that's pretty interesting. Uh, just because one of our analysts who started out as a GA and been here for several seasons, uh, doing a, a great job is, uh, Mort, Alex Mortensen, as you know, the son of, uh, Mort from the NFL, from ESPN's uh, NFL coverage. Mort's son, Alex, uh, has been an analyst here at Alabama for years. And it was only a matter of time before he got a shot somewhere else at a bigger job. How about this jumping from Alabama analyst never having been an on-field coach? He jumps from that to offensive coordinator at UAB for Trent Dilfer. And uh, I think that's really interesting because Mort learned so much in Tuscaloosa uh, and now will have such extensive ties to Tuscaloosa, uh, that that's a name to watch in the future, you know, if he does extremely well as an OC, and I wouldn't doubt it because, you know, he's a real bright kid. And uh, interesting, you know, Dilfer, who hasn't coached in college, uh, but he did work at ESPN. And 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 who did he work with at ESPN? Uh, Alex Mortensen Sr. So I'm sure that's the connection there is Trent being tight with Alex's dad. And uh, and now Mort, little Mort ends up the OC at UAB. Uh, that was just announced officially today, I think. So uh, that'll be fun and, and certainly somebody to root for. He's, he's been at Alabama for several years. I, I think his first season was 2016. So I think he's really been at Alabama for six years. That's a, that's a long run for an analyst. Yeah, that is a very long run for an analyst, but he's not your ordinary analyst either. I mean, he's got a lot of, um, a lot of pedigree and, and a lot of lineage in uh, football in general. Uh, any other recruiting tidbits out there? Um, well, obviously the All-American game was yesterday. And again, I'm, I'm just interested from a, a school point of view that our, uh, I think every kid but five, I think of our 28 signees, Luke, 23 of them are enrolling early. And uh, and they're all moving to Tuscaloosa this weekend and, and early this week. And I uh, believe they will start together as a team next week, a week from Monday. Uh in terms of working with uh, Baloo and the strength staff. Um, I do want to throw out one little basketball recruiting nugget. Ty Davis, who is a combo guard from Mountain Brook, visited this past weekend. And, look, he's not ranked. He's, um, you know, I'm going to pull up his stats. Just 24. He's a 24. 24 guy. 6'5", 175 pounds, which oddly is the exact frame and size I was coming out of high school. Um, yeah, look, and, look what he's um, He's doing with it. Yeah. I, yeah. He's making something of himself. You know what I am now? Six, five, two fifty. Um, so anyway, um, 
Yeah, he's. I, I pulled up his huddle film because I just, I, you know, I live in Mountain Brook, so I mean, I humble brag. Um, but uh, <laughs> the mean street. You know, I haven't seen Mountain Brook play yet, and I'm dying to go see him. I usually do get to see him play when I call games in the finals, but um, I'm excited to see him play. But I pulled up his huddle tape, Jimmy. This guy's got range like you wouldn't believe. I mean, I'm talking six feet beyond the three point arc. Six feet beyond it. I mean, and he's he's shoot, he's not heaving it. I mean, and it wasn't like I just saw one shot like that. It was ten or more. A believe, different game. I read on Twitter. Yeah, I think that kid visited here, but I believe Nate Oates and uh, other members of the staff, like either Hodgson or Antoine Petway, actually went to Mountain Brook last night and watched the kid play. So, yeah, he, so I think we're real serious about Ty Davis. And uh, that would be fun. I mean, hey, any, any, I, I'm all for the in-state guys. I mean, to me, it's fun. Hey, it's not, not that I don't appreciate Brandon Miller and Noah Clowney and even Charles Bediakos from Canada. It's not that I don't appreciate as of course I do, but it's fun uh, to have in-state flavor on the roster. And we have Mark Sears, you know, in the start lineup now from Muscle Shoals. But uh, yeah, it'd be great to sign a Birmingham kid. All right, buddy, that's going to do it for today's podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. You guys keep tuning in. Appreciate you. We're well over 3,500 subscribers on YouTube now. Can't thank you guys enough for that. But until tomorrow, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.